Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast. Get started and go from there. So, Hey, listen, welcome to another edition of Knucklehead Podcast. We have with us today a, um, I don't want to say an anomaly. I think what he is is he's somebody who's used his experience to, uh, to create some uh, some great success and some cool opportunities. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that can learn a lot from him. So uh, we got Sean with us today. Um, I'm, I don't want to screw up your last name, so correct correct me. It's just Douglas, right? Yep, that's it, man. Yep. And, well, like you're actors. talking with a knuckle. You're just like a, <laughs> well, you're talking with a knuckle dragon marine here. So I mispronounced my <laughs> own first name from time to time. No, listen, I, I, I'm excited uh, that you dedicated some time with us. Uh, today, I, but before we jump into military experience, before we jump into knuckleheads and mistakes and things that we've done, tell us tell us a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about you know why you decided to join the military and you know what what got you interested in the Air Force and uh, why didn't you join the Marines and that type of thing. <laughs> okay, so I didn't join the Marines because well, uh, first of all, I was either going to join the Air Force or the Marines, but I didn't because I looked at what I wanted to do. And I was like, man, you know, I really love to work on planes. I really, you know, and my brother-in-law was a Marine at the time. And he's like, dude, we have planes. You just, I mean, you can just work on ours. I'm like, yeah, but like, I kind of want to fly them. He's like, you can fly in the Marines, you know, I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know. And so I just, he's like, you know, I'm just going to the Air Force. That's what they do. That's what they specialize in. It's the air, you know, so that's, that's why. Uh, I went into the military primarily because I had no other passion in life, like zero, no purpose, no passion. I graduated high school with like a 1.9 or 2.0 or something like that. I had zero, like zero passion, purpose. I was, I was working at, um, at uh, discount tire in Port Huron, Michigan as a warehouse manager. Wow. And uh-huh. I was living with my mom and then nine 11 happened. And I was like, holy crap, this is it. This is my dare to be great scenario that I got to be, I got, this is what I got to do, you know? And so I was like, I quit, you know, and, and walked over to the, uh, to the recruiter's office. I was like, I need to join, serve my country, you know? So then I left, went to basic training and I've been serving ever since. Okay. So it's important. Uh, I've always heard it said, you got to begin with the end in mind. So we jumped into your story. Tell people a little bit, just real quickly. Uh, so you're TEDx speaker, yep. correct? Uh, you're you do speaking engagements now. So you parlayed living with your mom, discount tire, military training, to now you're paid for people listening to you uh, run your mouth. Is that right? Yeah. So my mommy she yell at me all the time. She goes, "Stop talking. Shut up. Shut up." You know. And then when I became a speaker, I'm like, "Guess what, mom?" I get paid to freaking talk now, <laughs> you know, but it was just so funny because going through the military and, and I wasn't, I mean, <laughs> I wasn't a success story, man. It was like, I went into the military and life was great. No, like I fell into, you know, fell into abusing alcohol for a little bit. I was deployed overseas a lot. Um, got in with some bad people. My house had burned down. I got my dogs taken away. I had failed relationships. Like I went through a period of like just suck. Let's, let's hold on for a second. Are we talking about all within a year, two year time frame, or what are we talking uh, about? We're talking about like from probably 2004 to 2008, like a four year period. Yeah, that sucked. <laughs> that sucked real bad. Well, 
it's important to, I, I think, I think here's, here's what a lot of people uh, miss. And I don't, and I don't think it's just our audience here. I think that this is, this is, uh, this is indicative of people that, uh, that want to get it right the first time. I mean, why? Because we're taught, you know, if you would do something right the first time, you'll never have to do it over again. Right. Where in some cases, the lessons that you learn in that four years are literally paying your bills now because you learned from them. Right. And that's what knucklehead is. I mean, that, the whole idea is you were, you weren't beta about the process. You may have been less strategic about it. However, it led to some really good findings and some cool opportunities for you. So share one of them. I mean, that, I mean, you just shared all those instances, but what did you learn from one of those that are helping you today? Uh, dude, your, your, network is equal to your net worth, man. I, I hung out with people that were just like me or worse, you know, like abusing alcohol, no passion, purpose, you know, stuff like that. What, I, you know, <laughs> I'd say the biggest takeaway is that you got to know yourself. You really got to know yourself because there's things that I didn't deal with that I would just drink, try to drink away. And then they were still there. You know what I mean? Which led to me abusing alcohol and getting in trouble. And you know, I was almost getting kicked out of the military at one time. So, you know, I'd say that, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. You know, we always hear that your vibe attracts your tribe. You're the average of the five people that you hang around the most. And like, you know, all these little cliche sayings, but it's true though, you know? And so if you audit your life, you'll see that your vibe attracts your tribe. Look at the people that you hang around. Are they successful? They're not successful. Are they like you? You know, so that's, that's the huge takeaway, man. I mean, you can apply that lesson to your kids. You can apply that lesson to, you know, what you want your, I guess what you want your influence to be uh, later on. However, you, you got to go through tripping over, screwing up and making mistakes. And where was it revealed to you that was it after the four years that you said, I'll listen, I, all right, light bulb went off. I'm going to make a change. Or was it, you know, two years into it, but you just didn't have enough courage to be able to, to go through that process. Cause I, I've been both. I've had both yeah. light bulb going off and then also going, God, I need to make a change, but I just, I'm not man enough to realize that the, all the mistakes that I've made and I've really just got to stop and reset. I just, I didn't have the courage to be able to do that. So I don't know if that's your story. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't think anybody wakes up saying, you know, I'm just going to fail at everything today. I'm not going to do anything right. I'm not going to do anything right. I'm just going to fail at everything. That's what I'm going to do today. Nobody wakes up saying that nobody wants it to happen, but it's, it's like you, you try to do one thing good. And when that falls apart, you're like, screw it. I'm just freaking whatever. You know, you always wake up like new day, new start. So through those years, I was like, man, I really want to do something great. And I just, I really want to, you know, and I would try and I would try and then like things would fall apart, you know? And it's just like, dude, like what, like this sucks. You know, I get wrapped up into debt. Um, other people influence me like, come on, come hang out with us. Come do this. And I was like, well, I really probably shouldn't skirt. I'm going, you know, and then it turns out to be horrible, you know, um, trying to impress people caring more about what other people think about me than what I think about me, you know, really took me down a negative spiral because I never felt uh, valued, never felt like I was good enough. And so during these four years, I, I really tried to do good, but it just, I would make stupid decisions because I thought that, uh, you know, people would like me more. I don't know. And, uh, you know, I, I ended up getting married 
in 2007 after the house burned down and I'm getting married and then we ended up getting divorced in 2008. And then, um, you know, I started to become like, like suicidal. It was like, I'm just, I'm done, dude. I don't want to do this anymore. This game sucks. I don't want to play this game no more, you know, but it wasn't until I became a drill instructor and I saw the, the, the potential that I had in 2009 that they were like, dude, you're really good at this. And I was like, no, you're really good at this. And in 2010, I became their instructor of the year. You know, I was the best one in the unit, you know? And I was like, holy crap, this might be a thing that we might've found. It's almost like a, like a full metal jacket moment. Like, holy crap, private pile. We might've found something you're good at, <laughs> you know? And I was like, this was it. Like, this is what I, and I never even knew that, that I was good at this. So yeah, right around the time that I became a drill instructor, I was like, I'm good at this. And then I found John Maxwell and then I wrote, and then I read a book by Norman Vincent Peale called the power of positive thinking. And then I found, you know, other, other people like, uh, you know, like Seth Godin. And it was like early on in, um, in, um, uh, Simon Sinek's career, like real early on, you know what I mean? Like I started finding out like all of these new people coming up, you know, and I was like, who's John Maxwell? Like, what's this guy leadership? What's this? I started reading all these books and then it was like my brain exploded and, uh, and, and how I think, feel, and believe about myself and about the world completely changed. There's two, there's two paths that, that happen in the military. And, and I don't think it's just unique to the military. I think it happens in big corporations. I'm hearing it now with friends of mine that are kind of at that, that, kind of that juncture within their career where they say, you know what, I'm tired of middle management. I'm ready to go start my own business or if I'm in middle management, uh, it's always upper management, executive level management. It's their fault as to why, you know, there's a lid on my, uh, on my, uh, a uh, cap on my potential, so to speak. Right. But there's two paths really. And it's a positive path or it's a negative path. Right. And it comes back to, if you, even if you look at that and examine it, there's a decision where people can say, well, what can I can control? It's really only your actions and your attitude. Yet, people are always um, dependent upon somebody else's um, ability to handle that situation earlier because that, that person that they're dependent on is either the entrepreneur, the business owner, or somebody who was able to actually generate enough revenue to where they can actually you know, help them actually fund their, their journey too. And so to be specific, let me go back and, and say it this way. Um, you, in 2008, eight, I think is when it was, if somebody, somebody who had their stuff together in 2006 was able to actually earn those stripes and in 2008 introduced it to you. And so then therefore, now you have the ability to learn from, oh shoot, I can learn from him, but I can also learn from John Maxwell and all the years that he spent sewing into leadership material, all the years that Simon Sinek, you know, came up with coming up with that lesson of starting with why. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's very impactful however it gets lost on people because they're so distracted by the debt that they have, the lack of income and the lack of resources, and they try to like not make mistakes. And my encouragement and you and your experience has taught you, the more you screw up and the more that you, you make those mistakes, there's so much lesson. There's so many lessons and value in that experience. You have to be able to squeeze the, like the, uh, that lesson and productivity out of it. Otherwise it just, it's just a screw up and you'll never be able to move forward. And it's, yeah. I just, I, I think that there's so much power in the story that you shared because people will read John Maxwell and, and go, all right, well, 
developing the leader within me, I, I fell asleep in chapter five, you know, and they don't understand all those different, you know what I'm saying? They don't, they don't understand the, the, the lessons that are in there and how it applies to their life. So how did you learn? That's what I want to know. How did you learn how to do that? Yeah. You know, I, I was always really good about doing research and, and figuring out how things would apply. You know, even when I was in high school, you know, I'd weed through the crap, you know what I mean? Like I'd be in English class or math class, like I'm not gonna use that, I'm not gonna use that. I'll do it, but I'm not gonna use that. But I would really hone in on what really am I gonna use? What am I gonna apply? And like you said, you know, like developing the leader within, I was like, come on, I already know this, I already know this, this is hit on the military, this is, ooh, here's something, right? And I'm like, okay, let me keep that in my back pocket a little bit, all right, I like it, and then it's dry, dry, it sucked. Oh wait, oh, here's something else. So I try to pick out, and really master what I can apply immediately and then always keep a toolbox of, of things that I know and things that I've learned, you know, handy just in case. And I can just pull it out, use it, and then, you know, put it away. So, so that's really, you know, like I said, even when I was a kid, you know, I'd watch documentaries and like, Oh, that's really cool. Like I, I always loved learning. I always loved research. You know what I mean? And so, um, there was th that, that four year period, I think I got away from it. You know, I really wasn't doing any personal development, professional development. Like I was just like, dude, just leave me alone. Just let me, just leave me alone. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I fully agree with the statement that you said earlier, man. Um, but I really just try to hone in on the things that really, I think that matter the most and things that I can capitalize the most at that time. Super long answer. <laughs> No, I mean, you're talking about optimization is what you're, you're talking about. Prioritization and optimization. So yeah. you're talking about um, uh, surfacing earlier in the decision-making process, what's important, and then optimizing it by what you can take action against yep. now and what can, what can you squeeze in terms of production now. So, yep. um, so tell us a little bit about, about how you, I mean, I don't know if you can share this or not, but how did you land your first speaking gig? What was, what was oh, yeah. that about? Did you? Yeah, talk about oh, that. That'd be, it'd be so, cool to hear. So, in 2014, I became a master resilience trainer uh, and, and implementer for the Air Force. Now, when I was a drill instructor from 2009 to 2013, I would speak at high schools and colleges, and I would judge national drill competitions in Texas. You know, so really, if you want to think about the first time, they were like, "Hey, would you like to come speak to our school?" I'm like, "Absolutely." You know, it wasn't paid, but I was talking to a high school, talking to a bunch of seniors. You know. But really, like, first professional speed engagement because, I mean, I would train resilient skills, you know, to the military people and everything. So, I mean, I was already doing all the speaking training, but really, like, outside of everything that I've ever done was in South Carolina. It was in, I think, Charleston or somewhere around there. Columbia. Columbia, South Carolina. It was a youth leadership group, and it was, like, 25 youth or something like that and they wanted to put on like this conference but they invited like a bunch of um of like uh like, like they had firefighters there they had like some police there they had uh local business owners they had some local entrepreneurs they had a bunch of different people there and uh, and i was one of, i was one of the keynotes and then uh you know it, it wasn't paid it wasn't a paid one but i had found them on eventbrite because everybody puts their events on Eventbrite. So I went on Eventbrite and I was like, well, if that's where all the events are. Let me contact the event organizers 
right? And let's see if they need anything. So instead of searching for the, for the events, I just went where all the events are, which is Eventbrite. And then I searched for events and I saw leadership and I was like, whoa, hold on. I do leadership because I'm in the military. And I contacted the event organizer and I said, hey, I don't know if you do a, a, like a speaker call or whatever it's called, uh, but I'd love to speak at your event because I do leadership and everything else. Pitched, yeah, let's do it. So I drove like the four or five hours or whatever to North Car from, from North Carolina to South Carolina. They bought my hotel room. That's pretty much all I got was they paid for my hotel room, which was like a hundred bucks. Right. And then, uh, yeah, I brought the whole family. I brought my friend who's a photographer, a videographer, so I could get some cool video, you know, and, uh, and that was my first one. And, uh, and it was okay. I look back cause that was 20, that was 20, 2015 or 2016. I look back and I'm just like, that was, I mean, it was okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it was all right. I clean this, I do this, I do this, you know, but you know, that's well, I like how you put that. You're like, I do leadership because I'm in the military. You know, there's there's some PFC right now or, or, or airman, senior, senior airman leaning up against the broom in the corner going, what do you mean? I, I do leadership because <laughs> I'm in the military. I don't, I don't get it. I got conned by my recruiter. This is, this is such right. crap. Um, no, but right. it, it, quite frankly, you're, you're exactly right. You have the ability to, uh, first of all, you were an undisciplined civilian for a period of time, and then you became yeah. a product of the military training. Oh, yeah. as a result of that. I, I had somebody on my podcast not too long ago. He talked about how he's like, I, God, I hate, I hate giving credit to the military for, for anything except for they did a really good job training. <laughs> you know, <and laughs> yeah. that's the truth. Yep. They do. They are absolutely one. I was just talking with somebody a little bit earlier today and they were talking about how, you know, when it comes to budget line items within the, the, uh, the DOD, I mean, they could pull apart the DOD and go to the five different entities. And the, the number one line item specifically for the army is training. Why? Well, because there's not, you know, you have to be able to train your people. And, oh, yeah. uh, and that's kind of what, that's kind of what leadership is. So you got to give them the skills, um, man. You got to give them the skills. Yeah. There, I was just speaking. Yeah. This, this is interesting. I was just speaking at a, at a, at a conference uh, at the procedures professionals association conference in South Carolina. And one of the things that they said was all mishaps that happen, right? They did a study knowledge rules and skills if you have the school if you have the skills one in ten i think have have a mishap jobs that are done might have a mishap rules based uh tasks or whatever like you have to follow this book or whatever is like one in 50 or like one in 100 but knowledge based the mishaps are like one in a thousand yeah if i just go on memory i'm gonna mess it up but if I have oh, yeah, the skills, right? If I have the skills and I know exactly what I need to do, you're not going to mess it up. I thought that was yeah. So training, huge. Well, going back to uh, to that stat, it's it's kind of amazing because everybody learns differently, and so all the different mediums that we interact with now in today's world. I mean, how many people are driving and texting, and how many people are you know? Oh, it's, it's like you start you start talking about how people learn and how people function, how people operate. Um, training is absolutely 100% needed because when things go awry and, and things go awry all the time, whether you're in sales, yep. whether you're in operations, whatever, you're, you're going to fall back to what you, your, your body's going to go back to what it was trained to do. And uh, if you're not being diligent about those, uh, those disciplines, you're, you're going to screw up, but right. that's okay. If you screw up, you got to learn from it. So you yep. can apply that training going forward and go out and get you some wins. Fail so forward, how yeah. can people uh, how can how can people find 
uh, Sean Douglas? How do they interact with you? Because I'm, I'm interested in how people can support you. I mean, this, that's yeah. part of the reason why we have this podcast and have people get, have guests on. Yeah, so I only do uh, Facebook and LinkedIn. I don't do any of those other weird ones like Snapagram or Instachat or any of those other weird ones, you know. Um, you know, my, my website is www.thesuccesscore, like Marine Corps, Peace Corps, C-O-R-P-S. So thesuccesscore.com. And then I'm on LinkedIn and I'm all over Facebook. That's it. That's awesome. So people just, so people just email Sean at SuccessCore. Is that how that yep. works? Yep. Sean, S-E-A-N, like Sean Connery or Sean Penn, which kind of dates me because I tell people that. They're like, oh, it's like Sean Connery. Like, who's that? I'm like, oh, dear God. So. Don't you watch James Bond, son? Right? Where you? were you? <laughs> Con- John Connery. God. Do yourself a favor if you're a listener of this podcast and watch The Rock. Oh, watch, go, watch the, go watch the movie The Rock. What a great uh, Sean movie. Con- you'll, you'll, know, you'll know exactly who Sean Connery or, is. After um, his, his famous line. Or when he's a thief. What's that movie with him and uh, Captain Zeta Jones, I think her name is, and he's a thief. And they have to play I have like no a idea. Heist or whatever. Do you just pick it up? It's an awesome movie. I can't think of now it. You're put, now, you're, now you're putting me on the spot. You know, <laughs> if it's Captain Zeta Jones, then go to Google and find it out. So, right? no, that's awesome. So, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking some time, Sean, to, to chat with uh, to chat with our audience here, sharing some lessons. Obviously, um, having your house burned down, going through a divorcee, going through all of those learning lessons, uh, kind of um, just going through the fire from 2004 to 2008 and it being able to set the table to where you're at now successful business owner um, military guy fam, family you got a, a, a you're a dad you're a husband uh, so all the things that that we aspire to be as as Americans here and uh, and really responsible uh, people so appreciate the example that you're that you're setting and keep on uh, keep on trucking man so I appreciate your time best. man and I appreciate the opportunity to to speak to you and the audience and uh, it's awesome Appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you heard it here, guys. Knucklehead Podcast. We've had Sean Douglas on Success Core. He's not on InstaChat, so so don't don't try don't try to find him anywhere else other than Facebook and the and the World Wide Web. Uh, oh yeah, and LinkedIn. He can get you on LinkedIn too. So remember, don't be bait about the process. Go out and get you some wins and make today happen. We'll talk to you soon. See you guys.